I don't remember if I mentioned this or not on the podcast, but about a year ago, I actually shifted majors from being a marketing major to computer science, and I've learned quite a bit. It's completely different than what I was doing before, but there's much to learn. But one major thing that you learn from the beginning are different types of errors that come when you are programming. Two major errors and common errors that you will run into are syntax errors and logic errors. Now, syntax errors are errors that most of the time won't even let the program run because there's something wrong with the way you spelled something or the way that you inputted something to where the program recognizes it and it's not able to run or the software recognizes it and it's not able to run because of something that you typed wrong. But there's another type of error that is called a logic error and these errors are one of the most dangerous and most pesky errors because the computer most of the time cannot catch these errors. Only the user can catch this error if they pay attention. And depending on the complexity of the program, it can take a very long time to find and correct because the program will run, but it won't run for properly or it may run and it may look like it's running properly, but because maybe you typed in an equation wrong or maybe you just made a slight error in the words, you're not going to notice the fact that even though it's running, it's not running properly. And we can make a spiritual application to that. We as disciples need to make sure that we don't just run this race, but we run it properly. So without further ado, let's all put on our spiritual scuba diving gear because we're about to dive deep. My name is Amani Akins, and this is another episode of the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Brooks. Most of us, when we think of an error, we simply think of a mistake. It doesn't take much to think of the definition of what an error is, but when you put it in different contexts, an error can mean certain different things. For example, in the context of law, it is a mistake of fact or of law in a court's opinion, judgment or order. In a technical sense or statistical sense, it's a measure of the estimated difference between the observed or calculated quantity and its true value. Either way, it's a measurement of error or just a simple way or mistake that we made. An error can be measured, but an error is still an error. It's a distance from the truth that strays away from the truth. And that's what it says if you go beyond the definition into the root. In Latin, it is just error, which means to stray, to go away from. It's simply to stray away from the truth. And one very overlooked thing is the fact that error is a spirit that is mentioned in the Bible. Many people name all sorts of spirits that aren't mentioned in the Bible. For example, they may mention a spirit of setback or an analytical spirit or this kind of spirit and that kind of spirit. And I'm not saying any of those spirits aren't real, but if it's in the Bible and it's mentioned specifically, we definitely need to pay attention to it. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the first scripture I have here is first John and we'll start with chapter four and verse one. It says the following, 
Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they be, are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And such is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now it is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth us not. Heareth us not. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What we were just mentioning early, earlier. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby, we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath for us. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, and we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, but hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment we have for him, from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So we see so much here packed into this scripture passage right here. We learn that there is not everybody who seems like their spiritual is of God. But another thing we see is that God is love. Now, we talked about the definition of love, and John is the main disciple that talked about love. But he also taught us about truth and that Jesus himself is the truth. He is truth and he is also love. Another main major, major, not main major, <laughs> but another major theme of this podcast has been learning to love God. The two greatest commandments is to love God and to love others how do we love god that means to obey him say it with me john 14 and 15 john 15 and 14 
almost all of first john talk about what it means to love god and it also talks about what it means to love others which is charity charity is patient and is kind and it wants the best for everybody especially those that are your brother those who are in christ so we need to make sure that we are operating out of love if you're not operating out of love and not just any kind of love because nowadays the world changes the definitions of everything but the biblical definition of love if you're not operating out of love you're not operating out of god it's also important when you're in this passage it says to test every spirit to make sure they're of god we need to make sure that everything lines up with this word and then another simple test it gave us every spirit that confesseth that jesus christ is come in the flesh is of god if you're able to do that you're already within the Spirit of God. I'm not saying you have the Holy Ghost because you are able to say that, but it, that is important. That Spirit is of God. Now, back to the main reason why I brought up this passage. It mentions the Spirit of error. Now, error is mentioned 17 times in the Bible. Um, if you look it up, at least in the King James Version. And we need to make sure that we understand the Spirit. Now, I'm going to rapid fire the scriptures that mention the word error. So, the first scripture that pops up is 2 Samuel chapter 6 and 7. And it says, The anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah, and God smote him, therefore, for his error, and he died by the ark of the Lord. Now, this story is about how Uzziah, he was with all of King King David and his procession and they were carrying the ark but they were instructed to carry the ark a specific way and you're not supposed to touch it directly but you were supposed to hold it a certain way and the ark began to fall and he touched it and even though he had good intents he was still smote because he was operating out of air he was straying away from the way that God told him to operate let's move on to the next verse Job 19 and 4 says and be it indeed that I have erred, and my error remaineth with myself. Ecclesiastes 5 and 6. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before an angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands? Let's, you see, error, you operating out of error causes destruction. Ecclesiastes 10 and 5 says, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, an error that proceedeth from the ruler. Isaiah 32 and 6, for the vile person will speak villainy and his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy and to utter error against the Lord to make empty the soul of the hungry and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. So we see right here operating out of error will cause you to practice hypocrisy and iniquity is working in your heart if you're operating out of error. Jeremiah 10 and 15 says they are vanity and the the works of errors in the time of their visitation shall perish now this is talking about fallen images they were worshiping um, the verse before said every man is brutish in his knowledge every founder is confounded by the graven images for his molten image is falsehood and there is no breath in them so it talked about walking working out of error it's vain and when they are visited by God, they're going to perish because they're operating out of vanity and they're operating out of error. They're straying away from the way that is the way, the truth, and the life. They're straying away from the way that is of God and of Jesus. 
So Daniel 6 and 4, it says, Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find, but could find none occasion for fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was the error found in him. So God, when we remember the story of Daniel, God was with them because he did not stray away from the way that God had led him. And even though they had put a law up against him and they tried to throw him into alliance, then God was still with them and he protected him because he was operating out of the fear of the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. He loved the Lord and he followed after him with all his heart and God kept him safe. And because he never erred, he never strayed away from the truth. Romans chapter 1 26 through 28 says for this cause god gave them up to unto vile affections for even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in lust one toward another men working with men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of error which was meat and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So once again, we're talking about error, straying away from the way that God wanted things to be. It says you receive error that was meet when you are operating out of error. So you're going to receive things that God did not plan for you when you're not operating out of the way that he planned. So lifestyles that are not in the way of God, that's an error. You're operating out of the spirit of error. James 5 and 20 says, Let him know that he that converteth the sinner from error of the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. So when you witness to somebody or you're even witnessing to someone who is supposedly saved, but they're living in sin and you lead them to truth and you speak that word of truth to them and lead them back to the way and the truth of the light, you are saving somebody from death because if you're not operating and you stray away from the way of life, you're going to walk towards the way of death. Second Peter 2 and 18... 2 and 18 says, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh much wantonness, which is unruly. Those that were clean escaped from them that lived in error. So Second Peter chapter 2 is talking about false teachers and false prophets that are going to be in the time of the end. But it said that those that stayed away from those people, those that stuck to the truth that they know, have departed from those. They have separated and cleaned themselves from those who live in error. Second Peter verse chapter three, verse 17 said, ye therefore beloved seeing these things before beware, lest ye being led away with the air of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. So if you are surrounding yourself with those who are erring, with those who are living wickedly, with those who are staying away from the way that God had planned, you are around those who are operating under the spirit, that spirit's going to get on you and you are going to end up falling because you have surrounded yourself with error. And then Jude 1 and 11, it says, Woe unto them that have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. So this is referring to the story of Balaam, which was a seer, and he even communed with the Lord, but he ended up trying to do something against the Lord and against his judgments because he wanted to be selfish, selfish and get something from the king. Now, he wasn't very successful in that, but 
if you go against the way of the Lord, for example, even Peter himself, he, when Jesus said he was going to die on the cross, Peter didn't agree with that. The moment you stop agreeing with God, you open yourself up to the spirit of error. But Balaam, he, he, he convinced the king uh, that was against Israel to seduce the people of Israel so that they would fall into error. They would fall away from the way of God. So we see that error is a very dangerous spirit. And if you type in the word error, which is E-R-R, -R, you would see even more about what it means to err and to go away from the way of the Lord. But we have to remember that's the root. It means to stray away from God. When you're operating out of the spirit, you stray away. And we see from all these different consequences that error leads to death. Error leads to destruction. Error leads to you being unsuccessful. Error leads to you receiving things that are bad. This is what error does. So we see just from reading just a few scriptures that are talking about this, how critical and how prevalent the spirit is throughout the Bible. And that was only a few of the mentionings of it. It's because of error that priests had to sacrifice. It talks about that in Hebrews. Priests had to sacrifice and cleanse people from their sins with the sacrifices at that time in the Old Testament because of people's errors. That was the point of sacrifices was to cleanse errors. And Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate priest that cleanses all of our sins. So, like I said, this spirit is a prevalent spirit, and it really it is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, going on to the next passage, which is Isaiah 29, we can see what it is like to live under the spirit of error, but also God has provided a way of escape and a way to get out of the spirit. So, starting with verse 1, it says, Woe to Ariel, to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. Add ye year to year, let them kill sacrifices. Yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be unto me as Ariel. I will, and I will camp against thee round about, and will lay siege against thee with a mound, and I will raise forts against thee. And thou shalt be brought down, and shalt speak out of the ground, and thy speech shall be low out of the dust and thy voice shall be as one that hath a familiar hath a familiar spirit out of the ground and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust moreover the multitude of thy strangers shall be like small dust and the multitude of the terrible ones shall be as chaff that passeth away yea it shall be as at an instant suddenly Thou shalt be visited by the Lord of hosts, with thunder and with the earthquake and great noise, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. And the multitude of all nations that fight against Ariel, even all that fight against her and her fortifications, and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. It shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he that he eateth, and he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or as a thirsty man that dreameth, behold, he drinketh, but when he awaketh, behold, he faint, and his soul hath appetite. So shall be the multitude of all the nations that fight against Mount Zion. Stay yourself in wonder, cry ye out, and cry. The, they are drunken, but not with wine, they stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and 
hath closed your eyes, the prophets of your rulers, the seers hath he covered. So the people who were prophetic, the people who were supposed to be spiritual, they were in deep sleep. And verse 11 says, And the vision of all has become unto you as the words of the book that is sealed, that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this. Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I am not learned. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, do they honor me? But I have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Well unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. They say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as a potter's clay. For shall the work of work say of him that made it, He made me not. Or shall the thing that is formed say that to, of him that formed it, He hath no understanding. It is not it is not yet a very little while and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. And in the day in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see see out of the obscurity and out of the darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord. The poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to naught, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off, who make a man an offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate, and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Therefore thus saith the Lord, who redeemeth Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not be a shall now not now be ashamed, neither shall his face wax pale. But when he seeth his children, the work of mine hands, in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and shall fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. So it talked about here that when you turn to the Lord, it talked about, first of all, the reason why they had this issue is because even though they said and they had lip service and they praised God with their lips, their heart was far from them. And I know there's been a consistent theme talking about how people have a lot of theatrics and we can do everything, but we don't listen to the voice of God. We aren't actually serving him in spirit and in truth. And that is important because God wants an internal revival, not just an external revival where you see signs and wonders. You can actually be deceived by that. There's spirits of error that work in miracles and signs and wonders, but they're actually of the Antichrist. But we need to make sure that we are actually serving him in spirit and truth. That is the only worship that he will accept. Anything else is vain worship. So we need to understand what his spirit is to conquer the spirit of error. It talks about here that 
the people of error will be cut off. Those who are doing iniquity will be cut off. And those who are blind, those who are deaf, they will be able to hear. Those who are blind will be able to see. Those who erred in spirit shall come to understanding. And they that murmured shall learn doctrine. So what is the thing that we use to combat the spirit of error? Well, we can turn to John chapter 16, and it says the following. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not lose faith. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh, whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God a service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither thou goest. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world concerning sin and concerning righteousness and concerning judgment. Concerning sin, because they believe not in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Concerning judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore I said, He shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith? A little while, and ye see me. And again, a little while, and ye see me. Ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. And they said, Therefore, what is this? He saith, a little while, we cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous of asking him, and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves what I said, a little while, and ye shall see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me? Verily, verily, so this means to pay attention, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, but because her hour is near. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for the joy that a man is born into the world. And you shall now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your heart and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall speak no more unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. In that day ye shall ask in my name, 
and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and I believed that I came out of God, from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples say unto, said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not any man should ask thee. By this we believe thou camest forth from God. And Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that ye may have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So right here we had a, a lot of stuff. We learned that about Jesus and him going away and the reason for him going away for the spirit of truth he is the truth so when he died his spirit was released and when now it talks about in Hebrews for example that if if the spirits of the world knew exactly what would happen when Jesus died they would have never wanted him to be killed but when he died his spirit was released this truth was released and it was able to fill us and then going back to the spirit of truth this is what first John and four said that we are of the spirit of truth and not of the spirit of error because as verse 13 said of this chapter the spirit of truth will come to guide you into all truth because he will not speak of himself but he will show you the things that he is he will show you the things of god and you will receive the things that are of god you will receive the things that are of jesus another thing this reminded us of is that to live for christ is life but it's also not always going to be good there's going to be times of sorrow when the world is rejoicing and you're sorrowful but through christ we have joy i know i didn't read this all in order because i wanted to go back from the beginning um of john when he starts talking about the spirit of truth because he talks about it in john chapter 14 15 and 16 but i wanted to read this in this order because it talk it addresses the trouble uh, John, he heavily emphasized what love is. Once again, I say this almost every episode, John 14 and 15, John 15 and 14, almost all of 1 John talk about what it means to love God. But today we're actually going to read both John 14 and John 15 and break down what it talks about. And both of these scriptures talk about the spirit of truth. So right here we talked about um, in John 16, we talked about the spirit of truth and that it's here to guide us and to lead us into truth and it is here to help us to continue on and it will turn our joy i mean our sorrow into joy our mourning into joy because we have the truth and this will be able to lead us and guide us into all truth so now going to john 14 it says the following let not your heart be troubled ye believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, so I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know that the way ye know. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him lord we know not whither thou goest and how can we say how can we know the way 
And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if ye had known me, ye should know she, you shall have known of my father also from henceforth you know him and have seen him and Philip said unto him Lord show us the father and it sufficeth and Jesus said unto him have I been so long a time with you and yet hast thou not known me Philip and he said and he that hath seen me hath seen the father and how sayest them thou then show us the father believest thou not that I am in the father and the father in me the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but of the Father that dwelleth in me, and he doeth the works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall also do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14 and 15, I say that I quote this scripture every time. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall all live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said unto him, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? And Jesus said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love them, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. And he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being ye yet present with you. But the Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring you all the things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard low, ha, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come unto you. If you loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you, before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do I. Arise, let us go hence. So right here, he talked about a lot of stuff, but right here, he also clarified what he talked about in chapter 16. He talked about 
when he was talking about going into the father and releasing his spirit and all that stuff he was talking about right here the manifestations of himself when the bible talks about for example you must be baptized in the name of the father son and the holy ghost when you look at acts the only way that people were baptized when the church started and after jesus ascended what was the only way they were baptized in jesus name and this is because in this passage it talks about that he is in the father and the father is in him and when you have the holy ghost when you have his spirit his spirit of truth that he dwells in you so this is the connection to god and when you are operating out of the spirit it's not enough just to have it, but you have to operate out of the spirit you have to submit to the truth and have to let his truth guide you when you are guided by this then when you ask something in God's name, it will happen. That's one issue is some people are even filled with the spirit, but they have not truly put on Christ. They don't truly operate out of this truth. And when you're not operating out of this truth, then you're not actually operating out of this connection. You're operating out of your own way and you're straying away from the truth. Therefore, when you ask for certain things, it's not going to come to pass. Instead, God is going to turn against you because you are working out of the spirit of error. But when you are filled with the spirit, you are connected to him and he's going to guide you to truth. And then when you're going to face different trials, because that's guaranteed, it's, this is not a Hollywood movie. This is not a pure flicks movie. This is not a Christian movie where everything just turns to good afterwards. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you're going to endure many persecutions, but he's going to comfort you through and he's going to lead you to truth. And even though we're going to endure persecution now, it said from the very beginning of this passage that he is gone away to prepare a place for us. So not only can we have joy while we are in the earth, but we're going to have an even greater life when we leave this earth. That's why it says to live as Christ and to die as gain. When we die, we will be released and be able to be with what he said, the father. We will be able to be with Jesus in that form of manifestation. So just continuing on. And talking about the spirit of truth in John chapter 15, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear the fruit of itself unless it abide in the vine no more can ye unless ye abide in me i am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me and i in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing if a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch that is withered and men gather them cast off into the fire and they are burned if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you love me, keep my commandments. Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, and if you do whatsoever, if you do whatsoever I command you. So this is a requirement for his friendship. You have to do as he says. Henceforth, 
I call you not servants. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what the Lord, what his Lord doeth. But I've called you friends. For all things I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If they had not come and spoken unto them, they would not have sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no man, no other man did, they would not have had to sin. They would not have had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the world might be word might be fulfilled that is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth who proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. So right here, we've read these three chapters from John that are talking about the spirit of truth. Also, it talked about from the beginning of this chapter that Jesus is the vine and his father or God is the husbandman. So Jesus in the flesh is the true vine. This is why it said, if you are of Christ, you have to admit that Jesus came in the flesh because it was talking about the fleshly manifestation, not flesh as in the lust, but that Jesus actually came on the earth. You're acknowledging that he came to be the sacrifice to take away our error. That's why it's so important that you acknowledge this manifestation because it is through that sacrifice that our errors are taken away. So, and Right here, we see this reference in Hebrews 9 and 7. It says, but the second went to the high priest alone every year, not without blood, which he offereth himself for the heirs of his people. So this is talking about God. This is talking about Jesus. He came and offered himself to save you from your errors. And he's released unto you the spirit of truth. So Jesus manifested in the flesh. He is the true vine. He showed us the way to live while we walk this earth. And he also told us that we will be hated for living like he lived. But we also have a promise. We have a promise of eternal life. We have a promise of a better life afterwards. But while we live in this earth, we know that we are in him based off of our fruits. We have to be producing the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, which is not the same thing as patience. But long suffering is the ability to suffer long, not necessarily that you're waiting for something good, but also being able to endure through something bad. So long suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance, 
and I believe kindness. I might have left that out. But there's different fruits that are produced of the Spirit. And if you're not producing these fruits, even if you have this attachment to Jesus, even if you are full of the Spirit, but you're not operating out of it, you will be cut off. So it is important that we not only acknowledge who Jesus is to have the Spirit of truth within us, but it's also important that we are producing the fruits. So we not only need to have the spirit of truth in us, but we also have to be operating out of it. Once we have both of these, then we will actually see his will come to pass. When we actually submit to his will and obey his commandments, he said, you are my friend if you obey my commandments. That's what love to God is. So we first love God and then we love each other. If we follow after him and we love each other and we continue to press forth with the truth of God, not compromising its truth, it says, let your love be without dissimulation, to love what is good and abhor that which is evil. So we have to love like he loved and separate ourselves from what he separated himself from. Then we are able to overcome the world. Then we are able to continue and then whenever we ask something in his name, it will actually come to pass because what we ask is not our will, but it is his will. That's why the Lord's prayer says, let thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Not necessarily my will, but thy will. As you are connected to him, his will becomes your will. So that is why it's so important to be operating out of the spirit of truth. As long as we are operating out of this, we are able to continue through these times, even when the world hates you, even when the world persecutes you, even when everything looks like it's going wrong, you're going to be able to continue pressing on because you are operating out of love and you are operating out of the spirit of truth. It is through love that we're able to conquer. It's through biblical love anyway that we conquer. It's through his truth that we are able to conquer the spirit of error. Now, you may be asking, why is it when I ask for something in Jesus' name, it doesn't happen? Chances are you have the spirit of error working in your life, which is why we need to make sure that we are fully submitted in the truth. Fortunately, just because you make a mistake, for example, Peter is one that is mentioned time after time making mistake, yet he was one of the greatest apostles. And he first, one of the first mistakes that I think of is when he t disagreed with Jesus about his death and he was called Satan in that moment. He was rebuked, but he was also pruned and he was changed. His heart was changed. And then he denied Jesus three times, but even then he was pruned. And then he was able to preach the gospel of the, to the, of the Holy spirit. But even then he still had problems in his heart because he wasn't accepting of not just Jews getting the Holy Spirit, but anybody being able to get of the Holy Spirit and Jesus had to prune him again. So just because you make mistakes doesn't mean that you aren't able to be forgiven. As long as you are willing to operate out of truth, operate out of humility and to turn from your wicked ways, then you are able to operate it out the spirit of truth. And then whenever you say something in Jesus name and you ask for something, it will happen because you are operating out of the spirit of truth. So we need to make sure that we are not just full of a spirit, but we are operating them out of spirit and in truth. That's why it's the spirit and truth, not just in the spirit and not just in truth, but fully out of everything in the fullness of him. So as I said, the manifestation of Jesus is the vine and the manifestation of God without the body that is not in us, but God that created the world, that manifestation of God, they're not separate. It's just manifestations. It's titles. Just because you work, for example, I may work as a computer scientist. I may be a brother to somebody. I may operate out of different capacities and show myself in different ways, but that doesn't change that I'm just one thing. I only have one mind. And the same thing goes for God. So 
the manifestation of God, God will chasten you. It talks about if you are born of God and you're a son of God, he will chasten you. This is the pruning. That's why it says he's a husbandman. The husbandman is not talking about a husband. It's talking about somebody who works in a garden, who prunes trees. So when certain things happen in your life, it's not to hurt you. It's to help you. It's to provide, I know it's heart change, but maybe a more modern term. Character development is the reason why he allows chastening to happen. He allows certain things to happen to get the error out of you. That is the whole purpose of chastening and discipline is to get these errors out of us so that we operate out of truth. And then when we actually talk to God, we see things come to pass and we see the greater works that he promised if we operate out of the spirit of truth. He said greater works than these will you see if we operate out of the spirit of truth. So I know I mentioned Peter. So now we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and see what else it has to say about error and operating out of the Spirit. So 1 Peter chapter 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the Lord, be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance of an incorruptible seed, incorruptible and undefiled, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this ye great re- greatly rejoiced though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations but the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth though it be tested with fire talking about that pruning process and that chastening might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in him though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory so it talks about even though we may suffer we are going to be able to rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory and receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently and have prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them had signified when he testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto them it was revealed that they minister not unto themselves but unto the things that are now reported unto you by those who have preached the gospel unto you with the holy ghost sent down from heaven that's the spirit of truth things which the angels desire to look into therefore gird up thy the loins of your mind be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance, of your error, but as he 
who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of living. Because of his written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So you have to be like Christ. You can't just believe in Christ, but you have to become like him. Don't be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed and be likened to his image. In chapter, I mean, verse 17 says, And if ye call on the Father, who is without respect of persons, judgeth every man according to every man's work. So he judges you according to the fruits that you produce, not just by the works that you do, but he judges you according to your work of faith and also the fruits that you produce. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain way of living, which ye received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as the Lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained for the before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. By him ye believed in God, who raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, that see ye that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Man, that verse right there kind of just summed up this whole thing. I'm going to read that again. Verse 22. Seeing that you have purified your souls. So the sanctification that this was talking about at the beginning of the chapter. Seeing that you have purified your souls in the obeying of the truth through the spirit. So it's through his spirit that we are purified in obeying the truth. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. So we not only love God, but we love each other and we love the brethren. So not just anybody, but especially those who are in Christ. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth forever, liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower falleth away, but the Lord, word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word, which is the gospel, which is preached unto you. So we see that Jesus is the word. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And we had a whole episode talking about the word, talking about the voice, talking about what is written, but also what he has spoken. We need to obey what he speaks. We need to obey what he's commanded. And we need to obey what is already written. But it also talks about that we are sanctified through his spirit. It is through his spirit, through his truth that corrects our error, corrects the ways that we went before and brings us into truth. And when we are actually operating out of truth, it says the true believers will worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you're not worshiping him in spirit and in truth, it talks about vain worship. You're just going through traditions. You're just going through rituals. But God did not call you to worship him vainly and just to go to church and stuff like that. But he wants you to worship in spirit and in truth and producing fruits of him and to operate out of his power and to be sanctified. We will continue to grow in him. So before I come to a close this episode, I want to get delivered from the spirit. We talked about the spirit of air and we talked about the spirit of truth. And from the very beginning, we talked about that we conquer this through the spirit of truth, which is this Holy Ghost, the spirit of error. We don't want to live in error. We don't want it to be in our lives. So before I close out in prayer, we can pray this psalm, which is Psalm 31. And it talks about the truth and it talks about how, who God is. And 
we if you have your Bible with you, I encourage you to turn to Psalm 31 or read this afterwards. But I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 31. And it says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my sub, my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regarded vain, lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, and hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O God, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly, for my spirit Life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing, and my strength faileth me because my of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. I was reproached among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and fear to my acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thine hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the God, be blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou hearest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and the and plentiful rewarder of the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. So much that I talked about here. It talked about being delivered from and hid from the presence of those who are prideful and those who hate. It talked about being hated from the, by the world, but it also talked about putting your trust in God. We have to trust in the God of truth. I love what it said. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. He is the God of truth. And it talked about separating from the vanity, separating from the ways of the world. I've separated myself and it's been hard. It's hard to do that. But we have to trust the God of truth to submit to him and he will strengthen our heart. We have to continue in this hope. 
And this even applies to discipleship. As we disciple, we need to make sure that we do so in truth and not to distort the gospel when we try to reach out to people. Because when you are distorting the gospel, even though you are talking about Jesus, you don't want to give somebody a false image of who he is. You don't want to give a false perception or give somebody try to witness to somebody in the spirit of error there's so many false prophets so many false apostles out there that and the bible talks about that in the last days there will be many false apostles and we don't want to be one of those but we need to make sure that we are living in the truth and that we are also preaching and going out in the truth we need to be honest and true when we witness and we need to be honest and true in the way that we live so I'm going to close out this episode with a prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We praise your holy name. We thank you for sending yourself wrapped in flesh as Jesus to come down and to die for our sins and to release your spirit that can dwell in each and every one of us. I pray for every believer and every person that is listening to this podcast that is not filled with your spirit, that they may be filled with your spirit. They don't have to be in a church to be filled with your spirit, but they can be filled even right here with your spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues and with the fruits producing. I pray that every person that listens to this podcast will not only believe in God, but will produce his fruits to operate out of love and obedience to Christ and loving one another that are in the church and also continuing to preach and to pull those who are living in error out of the fire. I also pray for those who are in church who think that they are living right, even for myself, that I may be living with you and worshiping you in spirit and in truth. I bind and rebuke the spirit of error in the name of Jesus, and I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every person listening. I pray that you would fill us with all revelation, that you would break the veil of deception that may be on our lives, so that we will see clearly who you are in spirit and in truth. May we worship you in spirit and truth and praise you in spirit and truth and continue to preach and teach the gospel in spirit and truth. I pray that you would fill us with all boldness and all courage and strength as we will endure different things that life presents our way to continue to trust in you for they that trust in you shall not be removed so i pray that you would give each and every person listening to this podcast strength to continue pressing on to continue trusting and to continue looking to you and having that hope and expectation that you are preparing a place for us i pray that your spirit of truth would lead us and guide us into all truth and to lead you us to worship you the way that you want to worship to teach the way you want us to teach, to say the words that you want us to say. I pray that we would not be blind and that we would not be deaf and that we would not be ignorant in what we say and what we do, but that you would give us the tongue of the learned, that you would give us the ears of the learned, that you would give us the the eyes that are like you to see with your perspective, that you would be the light of our eyes, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. So I speak the name of Jesus over every person listening to this podcast. I praise your holy name and I thank you. I pray that you would just fill every person with your wisdom, your revelation, your understanding. In Jesus' name, I thank you and I praise you. And in Jesus' name, I pray all this. Amen. So, thank I thank each and every one of you who tune in faithfully. This podcast has been growing and growing. I've just been shocked at the analytics of how this podcast has been growing. But at the same time, I'm not fully shocked because I'm just doing what God has laid on my heart. But 
I pray and I encourage you to continue to do whatever God is leading you to do. And also, as the very first scripture we said, to test every spirit. Make sure that you're not confusing your heart for God, that you're not confusing another spirit for God, but that you are and that you are not led in error, but that you are led in truth. Pray specifically for revelation in this area. It's that you can pray for that spirit of revelation and wisdom. So pray for revelation and wisdom over these different situations. Allow the spirit to guide you commit your spirit to him commit yourself to him it says your spirit is the candle of the lord searching the inward parts of the belly let him search you let him search your ways let him search your surroundings so that you can serve him in spirit and in truth once again i thank each and every one of you guys for listening to this week's podcast and until next time god bless